0: Five, four, three, two, one, boom, we're live. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a brand new episode of the G Meeker MMA Show, episode 140. It's hard to believe we're already on 140 episodes. It is Wednesday, March 28th, 2018. It's been a while, ladies and gentlemen. It's been like a couple weeks, a couple long weeks since we had our last episode. But I can explain that as we had a little um, technical difficulties with the app, I feel that they are now resolved and we can continue with everything that we're doing. But today on episode 140 of the G G.M.E.K.A.M.A. show, I really wanted to catch up on a lot of the stuff that has been going on in the world of mixed martial arts, which we have missed and which we haven't been able to talk about, but a lot of great stuff has been coming and I can't wait to announce a lot of things and, you know, uh, break some news and drop some um some very happy and very, you know, eventful things a little bit later on in the show. But let's quickly run down today's show, today's lineup on what we're gonna be talking about on this episode. Motherfuckers. We don't have to have it set up like this, but I feel with the notes is a lot more interesting and I won't lose my train of thought like I usually do. But today's episode recently announced Events in the world of mixed martial arts recently announced UFC returns to Atlantic City, headlined by top lightweights Edson Barbosa taking on Kevin Lee. Both are coming off of a loss. Edson recently fought against Habib Ramago Medov, who also is fighting at UFC 223. Kevin Lee is coming off an interim title fight, loss to Tony Ferguson by submission, as well as recently announced co-main event. Features is very interesting when I love it. Number three ranked Frankie Edgar taking on newly signed number four ranked Cub Swanson. Well, not newly signed, he re signed with the UFC and will be taking on Frankie Edgar in a main event in a rematch. If you guys remember, they first fought a lot, a long, I think like five years ago. They fought, I don't know if it was like exactly five years ago, but they recently fought. Also, we'll talk about the return of Frank Yeager since we're talking about him already and, you know, my thoughts on his rematch with Cub Swanson. You know, there's been a lot of buzz on whether he should have taken this fight or whether it's too soon. We've seen perfect examples of people coming back too soon. So I decided to give my thoughts on that. Also, down to UFC 223, Tony Ferguson taking on Habib Nurmagomedov for the UFC lightweight title. Uh, and we'll preview that fight as well as some other interesting breaking news in our 170-pound division. UFC, the UFC welterweight division landscape is just absolutely has as skyrocketed over the last couple of weeks. Has recently announced UFC recently announced, excuse me, that Kamaru Usman versus will take on Santiago Ponzinibbio for the UFC Chile's first visit. To UFC Chile, Santiago Chile, Santiago. I I think it's Chile. Is it pronounced Chile? Chile, Santiago. Santiago, Chile, I think. Yeah, it was announced that. Yeah, Kamara Usman takes on Santiago Pontanibio in the main event of UFC Chile. Um not also another exciting uh rumored fight. These two fights aren't necessarily confirmed as we speak, but they are in their works and usually usually anything that's in the works in my head, I feel that <laughs> basically they're gonna announce it sooner or later. But Darren Till versus Stephen Wonderboard Thompson is rumored to be a main event, I think, too, of UFC Liverpool. That should be you know UFC Liverpool first visit to UFC the ah, first UFC's first visit to Liverpool. Obviously has to have Darren Till because he is from there. He is many, uh, one of the many reasons why and what pushed UFC to go to Liverpool. So he's rumored to take on Stephen Wonderboard Thompson, a battle of elite level strikers. That's an excellent fight. That's a, hopefully that fight is fight does happen. Because it would necessarily be one of the best fights. I feel like one of the best fights of all time, as well as some honorable mentions. Neil Magny taking on Gunnar Nelson originally was slated. Rumored that Neil Magny would take on Santiago Ponzinibbio, but that was scratched. I don't know where those rumors came. I don't know if they never if that fight was formally never offered. If it was just a rumor, that's why we don't follow rumors. But Neil Magny is uh, rumored to take on Gunnar Nelson. That's an excellent fight too. That's a much more of a better fight for him, rather than Santiago Ponzinibbio. Uh, also, in the welterweight, staying in the welterweight division, former UFC lightweight champion Rafael Dos Anjos was rumored to take on number three ranked Colby Covington for the interim welterweight championship. Belt. Tyron Woodley be saying he should be cleared to fight or be ready to fight by July. So, in the meantime, I feel the UFC is wanting to keep this division afloat and keep it moving with all these excellent welterweight fights recently announced and going up maybe a couple pounds heavier to the light heavyweight division. We have some honorable things to talk about. Not some honorable things, but some things I want to talk about. Obviously, the stake of the light heavyweight division. Obviously, we've got a couple of uh, newer contenders. New contenders with Jan Vahovic recently just defeated Jimmy Manuel by unanimous decision back at UFC um, UFC London. It was an excellent fight. I felt that was one of the more entertaining light heavyweight fights we've had. But also, Jan Vahovic obviously uh, is coming off of a, a nasty naked choke before that. And then now he's fought, he's fought and he beat Jimmy Manuel in a rematch. It was the first fight that he lost. So we'll see. Where Jan goes from here, and he is—he did want to originally face Mauricio Shogun Hua, but that brings us to the next thing—a uh, potential uh, fight. Shogun versus Ozdemir is added to UFC Chile. thats a thing, it's a co-main event. Yeah, the co-main event is Mauricio Shogun Hua versus Volkan Ozdemir. So Shogun's already booked against Ozdemir. I'll we'll talk about that fight as well as the return of CM Punk at UFC 225 and uh, Daniel Cormier's retirement talk and a potential return 205 pounds for a rematch with Alexander Gustafsson and for current events. Honorable mention, we were going to talk about this, but this is during the period of time where the app was acting up and I wasn't able to talk about it, but potential challengers for Max Holloway. Max Holloway has a date with Brian Ortega, At UFC 226, there is no other viable option for Max Holloway. I feel that's probably one of the, that's the only matchup that makes sense for him at, at, for his next title defense. Obviously, uh, he got injured and he was supposed to fight Frankie Edgar back at UFC 222, but that didn't happen. Frankie opted to stay on the card. He fought Brian Ortega. Brian Ortega stopped him, and now Brian Ortega gets the punch, He, he gets the ticket, he punches a ticket to fight featherweight champion Max Holloway, but now there's somebody else in the wings, and we're going to talk about this as well with Frankie Edgar. We'll get to it, but Frankie Edgar is still in the mix. I do feel that he should know what one or a couple more wins in a row, maybe some, maybe two rematches in a row against Frankie against a against Cub Swanton, Say he defeats Cub Swanton, and maybe a Jeremy Stevens right afterwards. If he wants, I don't know if necessarily if that's what he's going to do, but there is a Jeremy Stevens, a man, a vicious man named Jeremy Stevens, there waiting for his potential shot title. You know, I vouch for him. I've said that he's had twenty plus UFC fights. He's looked absolutely amazing as as of late. He's put everything together, and you know, at, at his age and at his experience in UFC, it's he, he's more than ready for a shot at the title. I feel he's definitely deserved it, and he should be one of those candidates that should be. You know, um, vouching for a, tit- a shot at the title due to his recent performances. I mean, he's beaten a lot of former champions. I mean, he beat Hennenborough. He 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 beat for- Hennenborough, he He's beaten. He's beaten uh, Gilbert Melendez, and he's you know he stopped a lot of. Uh, you know he's fought Max Holloway before. He's fought. Uh, he's fought Dennis Bermudez. He knocked out Dennis Bermudez. He's knocked out Honey Jason. He he has a win over former UFC lightweight champion Rafael Dos Anjos. So Jeremy Stevens is very game. So we'll talk about that as well. This is the longest lineup of my entire life. But um, that is all for our lineup today, ladies and gentlemen. Let me let's get on to. Uh, let's get on back to UFC Atlantic City. The return of Frankie Edgar. Okay, I don't mind this, you know, because I feel that Frankie did take this fight. He hadn't fought since uh, previously earlier the year, in in uh, 2016 against Yair Rodriguez. So I feel that Frankie Edgar taking this fight. There's there's it's a perfect scenario for Frankie. I don't think that. It's it's a dang it's a dangerous fight obviously. Cubs Swanson's a very dangerous opponent. But I feel on Frankie's sake he has had a win over Cub. I mean he, he wants to get right back to work. I feel you know, he said in his interview, if you said that, that he knew he knows what he's putting on the line and I feel Frankie is a smart person. He has a lot of the best people around him, he has a great manager, he has a great team, and I don't think he would jump into something he wasn't sure of, so the return of Frankie Edgar, I have no problem with it, he will be taking on number four ranked Cub Swanson. Cub Swanson also, like I said earlier, coming back to the UFC, You know, he's re-signed, he tested free agency, free agency was, wasn't for him, UFC offered him initial contract before his fight with Brian Ortega, he didn't take the fight with, He, he didn't take that initial offer, so he wanted to test it, so he fought Brian Ortega, he lost, tested free agency, USC offered him a little bit more money this time around if he took this fight with Frankie in Atlantic City, New Jersey, which is Frankie's hometown, it's like, I think he's from Tom's River, New Jersey, and that's not even that far, he says it's like 45 minutes away, so a rematch for Frankie Egger, which I think he definitely does have distinct advantages if you did watch his first fight with Cub back when Cub was streaking streaking he was on a, like a, i think uh about like seven, five, 7 wins in a row or some shit like that and um you know he was he was gonna get a title shot supposedly had he beat Frankie Edgar the first time. Frankie came in there and derailed it, and that's back when Frankie was streaking at 145 pounds and is absolutely, absolutely mauling everybody and looking to, you know, gain vengeance and, and get another shot at the title. So, I'm not mad at the return of Frankie Edgar. My thoughts on him with Cub Swanson is an excellent fight. You know, Cub looked absolutely outstanding in his last fight against Brian. Unfortunately, he did lose, and he was beating Brian Ortega on his feet. He did piece him up. He did have the distinct advantage in, in the stand-up and he did he looked good he looked great he looked absolutely phenomenal just you get caught and and these things happen i mean you look at the position that brian ortega is in right now hello who is this oh no no not right now i I have to take a drug test Had a phone call in the minute of the of the, of the podcast, but what I was saying uh, was that I'm not mad at the return of Frankie Edgar. I mean, if he wants to return, by all means, he's one of the few guys that I feel that has um, still has a shot. You know, he did get stopped by Ortega. I feel that he has more than a shot to get to, to still fight for the title. I mean, he said that it's still his goal. He says that's that's something that's still on his radar, and I believe him. You know, I've watched Frankie Edgar fight for years and years and years, and I've seen him in his ups. I've seen him in his downs. I've seen where his mindset is. I've seen how he's been able to come back from things. You know, obviously, those two fights against Benson Henderson and, you know, losing that one, you know, dropping down 145 pounds and losing to Jose Aldo, you know, back at that time was one of the hardest times in. His career in the hardest times for a lot of the fans, you know, because the first fight was questionable against Henderson. The second fight was questionable. Obviously, the fight with Jose Aldo was a lot closer than a lot of people gave him credit for, which was this brings me to this, you know, Frankie Edgar's a warrior, you know, that's why he, you know, Ariel Helwani on his show asked him. Do you regret taking the fight at UFC 222? And he said, No. You know, these things happen. He's not the type of guy to go back and do something like that. So the best way, shape, and form for Frankie is to take, you know, get right back on the horse. You know, not lick his lick his wounds, and uh, come back and fight a dangerous guy against Cub. Like I said, Cub was do was was absolutely phenomenal against Brian Ortega. I and mean, He looked absolutely phenomenal against Ortega, and um. Unfortunately he lost, but you know, Cub is one of those guys who still has it, He's still looking great, who's still ranked in the top five, who's still who's he still can make a potential a, a title run have if successful against former champion Frankie Egger, which will be an excellent fight. You can catch that one on Atlantic City in the main event, Edson Barbosa, like I said, takes on Kevin, the Motown Phenom Lee. Kevin Lee is one of those guys to break people's spirit. You know he has excellent wrestling. He he has excellent jiu-jitsu. I mean he's had some win some great quality wins. Like you know this win over Michael Chiesa, and his wins. um... Obviously, he looked good in the Tony Ferguson fight for a little while uh, and until he got gassed and he wasn't necessarily able to, you know, keep up with them. He did go into that fight with staff infections. That'd be, be one of the factors. If you've ever had staff infection, you know how it feels. So he's taken on a very dangerous striker and one of the best strikers, if not the best striker. Overall, one of the most technical and one of the most well-rounded strikers in all of the lightweight division in the form of Edson Barbosa. You know, he's had some nasty wins. He's had some devastating wins. He's like one of the only two guys to stop, uh, I think one, two, or three guys in the UFC to stop a fight due to leg kicks. He had the excellent knockout, uh, spinning heel kick knockout with Terry Edom. Good God, that still plays in my head from day to day. But, you know... Edson Barbosa is one of those guys that I feel is one of the best, has the potential to be a world champion, has all the tools. He has all, uh, has the best, one of the best skill sets, and one of the, uh, like I said, one of the most well-rounded strikers in all the lightweight division. It's just mentally, when it comes to certain fights, he doesn't show up. Sometimes he shows up, sometimes it seems like, you know, Where's the normal Edson Barbosa that we've seen? You know, the great, the, the the fantastic performance he had against Gilbert Melendez. He utilized the lay kicks perfectly. I mean, he, used, he, utilized them, he, used, he utilized them in such a perfect manner. Like, the way he is able to throw those kicks, the power, the technique... The angles that he's able to generate those kicks and every single kick of his hurts is, is reminiscent to Jose Aldo. Just as you know, back in the day, Jose Aldo was known for his vicious leg kicks. Edson Barboza is one of those top guys in the discussion for the most vicious leg kicks. He's one of the most complete guys. Obviously, he has a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt. He's an excellent striker. He trains with great guys like Frankie Edgar, Eddie, Eddie Alvarez, and Marlon Marais, um he has a lot of great people, he comes from a great, very good team, and he's one of the most technical and one of the best fighters in the world at 155 pounds. Now, that being said, Kevin Lee has a distinct wrestling advantage, you know, he's wrestled for, for years and years to come, he's had some of the best performances in the, in the Octagon in his own right, and you know... You know, he's coming off of a very, a very disappointing loss to Tony Ferguson, but I did learn a lot about Kevin Lee in that fight. You know, he looked absolutely phenomenal against Tony. I mean, there was a couple points in that fight that I thought that may, may have, may have, you know, warned Tony a couple more times, you know, or oh, we're going to stop the fight because, you know, Kevin Lee was unleashing some serious ground and pound. And I feel that in the years to come, maybe, maybe less than that, if they were to fight again, it would be a different, different um result because of how talented Kevin Lee is. He's a, he's a younger guy, and, um, you know, Edson Barbosa is a lot older than him, and he is a lot more experienced than him. He has fought a lot of the best guys, a lot of top tier guys. Not saying that Kevin Lee hasn't, but he has been kind of close to that 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 title picture. You know, Kevin Lee has as well. But you know, Kevin Lee was a lot younger, and obviously, it was his last fight. You know, Edson Barbosa hasn't necessarily cracked those points in time because when he's got to those top tier fighters, sometimes he's fallen. You know, the Habib's of the world. You know, he lost against Donald Cerrone um, Michael Johnson defeated him by unanimous decision, you know, um, but, you know, when Edson Barbosa's on fire, he's one of the best fighters of all time, honestly, one of the best strikers in the UFC's lightweight division, it's just a matter of, can Kevin Lee keep up, if Kevin Lee doesn't get it to the floor, and Edson Barbosa comes in, he has some of the best takedown defense, by the way, if you've seen some of his fights, he has some, when 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 he's on, he's on, and his takedown defense is up, up to date and sub, like it's one of the best takedown, de- some of the best takedown defense I've seen. You know, some of the best hips, he's quick, and he's that's act- that's something you got to be careful with. With Edson Barbosa, he's absolutely fast, he's fast and he's quick, so you got to watch out for something for that stuff, too. Um, but Kevin Lee, honestly, is Kevin Lee versus uh, has that pressure, he comes forward, he doesn't stop, he's he's not intimidated by how good you are. that what makes this kind of fight excellent you know he trains with some good guys he's very talented he's very young and he's the type of guy like i said earlier to break people down and he could break edson barbosa down just like you know the last fight with habib habib was able to break him down you know pressure him you know make him make him be afraid to do what he's the best at and and it was an unfortunate thing for edson cuz i had never seen somebody so broken before in a fight unlike the fight with habib but that was one of the more pressured one of the best better fights of habib's career you know one of the you know one of the more gutsier performances by edson he didn't give up or anything it was a great fight you know while it lasted and you know it was a three-round decision but you know he he hanged in there ever every time he was able to and he was able to you know shove off some of those takedowns from from habib which was very exciting as well you know a lot of people thought maybe he was in he's he in the runnings for one of the latest finishes in ufc history and probably one of the best comebacks of all time so that should be an excellent fight i cannot wait for ufc atlantic city very good fight obviously returned Frankie yeager and then in the main event kevin lee versus edson barbosa all right ladies and gentlemen let's move on down to coming like in a couple of weeks ufc 223 Tony Ferguson versus Habib Nurmagomedov. Good God. This is the fourth time that this fight has been put together. This is the fourth time that it's been put in you know, in the runnings. So there's been this fight has been set to happen three times. First time I think Habib got injured. Second time I think Tony got injured. Third time Habib makes it to fight week. Doesn't make weight and they scrapped that. It didn't happen. was unhealthy he was in the hospital and wasn't able to take the fight now the fourth time i've never heard of anything past the third time's a charm but the fourth time obviously seems to be going pretty damn well both men are both medicine be in absolute amazing condition habib last fought against like i was saying earlier against edson barbosa and looks absolutely phenomenal this fight is probably one of my this is my one of the my most exciting fights if not the number one exciting fight of 2018 to to by far because in 2017 back when this fight was happening I did an amazing breakdown of it I was so excited I called it the best lightweight fight of all time because this is not of all time in today's era that's what I mean by it. just such an exciting fight because you got Tony Ferguson who's riding a high streak who is in the prime of his career who's looking absolutely amazing World championship material, world championship level mindset, the way he trains, how he trains, his obsession with the sport, how he's looking in the training camp, how how it translates to perfect performances, near perfect performances inside the octagon. So he's looked absolutely phenomenal, I feel, you know, against Khabib Nurmagomedov. habib it's hard to see when Habib was in his prime because he's just been so damn dominant his entire career. 25-0, and he's undefeated, I think he's like 6 or 7-0 in the UFC. And he's looked absolutely phenomenal. This is a fight that we've wanted to see for the longest time. This is one of those fights that we thought about. And we thought, you know, this would be cool for this fight to happen. And, you know, unfortunately, three times in a row it has fallen through. You know, there was a time, a short time in Habib's career where he was injured for quite some time. We hadn't seen him in a long-ass time since his win over Rafael Dos Anjos on UFC on Fox. He comes back. I think he's supposed to uh, fight Tony Ferguson the second time after Habib got injured the first time. And then Tony Ferguson got injured, and he fought Daryl Horcher. And then, after that, he has a fight, and then he came back fought Edson Barbosa. And here he is going to fight Tony Ferguson for the undisputed lightweight title of the world. I'm scared. This is an excellent fight. I've never, I've, I've, I've sat down, I've thought about it, and I've asked so many people about their thoughts about it. But Habib Ramagelmanov, good God, is a fucking monster he he has this pressure that you can't match you can't you can't match the the pressure of habib nurmagomedov if you can i'm i'm curious to see who the person is that can beat habib 25 and 0 he has never lost a round in the ufc he's never lost a round in his life in his career he's never lost the man's scary once habib nurmagomedov gets a hold of you He's taking you for a ride. He's gonna take you down. He can control you. He he can do whatever he wants with you because it's simply just how dominant he is. He gets a hold of you. Just you know, his grappling is is, is amongst the best grappling I've ever seen. You know, for his ability to be able to do that his entire career and be able to to manhandle some of the best guys in the world. I mean, when he beat breaks off of Rafael Dos Anjos and absolutely wrecked him and you Rafael Dos Anjos looking at like a killer at the time at 155 pounds you know just made this career ascension and you, you look at you know, him He, he making it to a lightweight title. He made it to a lightweight title. And, you know, you, you think about it. Habib was injured during that whole entire time. That Rafael Dos Anos basically was reigning as a lightweight champion. you think Rafael Dos Anos is his success. You look at what Rafael Dos Anos is doing now at 170 pounds. You just think back and think, good God, Habib Nurmagomedov is probably one of the best fighters in the world of all time. best one, Best lightweight of all time. And, obviously... You go on to the side of Tony Ferguson, who also can have that argument. Who also can be considered one of the best fighters of all time for Tony Ferguson. I mean for himself, but, you know, he's in his prime, he's on a streak, you know, he's beating everybody that's been in front of him, and, you know... He, honestly, in my opinion, is one of the most deserving fighters to be in this kind of discussion with Habib. And not only has he earned it, but, you know, he's put the work in as well. So he's one of the best fighters in the 155-pound ah, division. So is Habib Nurmagomedov. Habib Nurmagomedov, I, I can't, I can't get enough of because his fight style, the way he is, how strong he is, you know, does the unbreakable pressure. You know, he he breaks guys. He goes in there, and he breaks your will, he breaks your spirit, and he, he can take out and and beat anybody that the UFC puts in front of him. You know, his dangerous grappling. He never gets tired. He has a solid chin. He's always coming forward, and his wrestling. He used to wrestle bears for God's sake. So Habib is. It's got to be one of the most dangerous people on the planet. And for this fight against Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson has shown some some flaws. He has been tagged. He has been hurt. You know, he has been beaten up. He has been bloodied up and, 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 you know taken some damage and taken some shock before necessarily gaining the victory and has been lazy a little bit not lazy i'm not going to say he's been lazy but you know if you look at his fight against kevin lee he took a lot of damage took a lot of ground and pound and you know kevin lee unfortunately got tired and wasn't able to you know keep up the dominant control that he had with his wrestling and dominant ground and pound and wasn't able to smother tony like he wanted to like it was like he was doing early on because he got tired the thing with habib is Habib doesn't get tired you can't make a single mistake with a a guy like Habib Nurmagomedov Habib is gonna smash you he has he doesn't get tired it's gonna be the longest night of your life if you're in there with Habib Nurmagomedov and I pray to God that you're on there in the best you're in there with him on your best day because if it's not your best day if Tony doesn't show up if Tony doesn't show him the respect that he deserves and uh, and respects every each and everything that Habib brings to the table. It's gonna be a long night. It's gonna be a devastating night, and it's, it's it's not gonna look good, honestly. You know, it's it's not, it's not gonna look good at all. I have confidence in Tony Ferguson. Obviously, he's fought the best fighters in the world. He's on a streak. He's beating everybody that's been put in front of him, and and he's looked good doing it. He's looked good doing it, and he's. He's proven the doubters wrong. He's come. He's come up large when he was wasn't supposed to. I guess he's proven a lot of people wrong. He's he's been hurt in fights and he's come back to win. I mean, Lando, the Lando Venata fight as well as uh, you know. He Look what he did to Rafael Dos Anjos in UFC, at UFC in Mexico City. He absolutely put a, a technical beating on Rafael Dos Anjos. Didn't get tired. He has excellent cardio. He doesn't get tired as well, so I don't know. I mean, Tony Ferguson's been as motiva- motivated as I possibly can see to get to this title position. You know, Before he was even the champion, he, he had the championship mentality. i just seen it in a guy like Tony Ferguson. So he... He has, you know, obviously looked great as well. So against Habib and Magomedov, both these guys have looked absolutely amazing. So it's very interesting and it's very curious. I'm very curious to see what happens with this fight. Obviously, Conor McGregor looms in the in the shadows of this fight, but it's I'm grateful and happy to see this fight happen. <sighs> Got to take a couple of hits of this. I haven't smoked in a while. At least during the show, but... It's been a fucking while. If I had, so anyone who has joined me, they can join me. That's how I have dropped my best knowledge, honestly. I just get high and talk about the things I like, but it's honestly really, really good. I'm really, really ex- happy that the app is back on and it's working perfectly and everything's just going absolutely great. And now we can start not worrying about the show's not being saved and worry about having some of the best shows because, you know, during my time of absence, I learned a lot because I thought about this. And, you know, as many times as I tried to make the show work, it just wasn't working. So I was just really upset with that and, you know, I felt feeling like I needed to find a new home, a new place place for people to be able to listen to this podcast, and I didn't want to do that because I felt so many people were attracted to Anchor, a lot of people, you use Anchor, it's still getting out there, it's one of the best podcasts of all time, best podcast app of all time to produce your podcast, I mean, the fact that when I signed up, and you know, I put the name of my podcast, I put the links, you know, it automatically generated it to the iTunes podcast app you know, the app store, you know, the the subscription podcast, you know, it's in the podcast uh, store and iTunes, it's in the Google Play store, and it's any uh, any other major podcast provider, and it was so easy, because, you know, back when I wasn't using uh, this app, my first, before I came to this app, I, uh, I didn't like this app at first, there was a time where I didn't you know, know if it was going to work out for me i didn't know if it was going to be the app for me and we're going to get to ufc welterweight division's landscape and all the recently announced fights in a second but i just kind of wanted to tell you guys where we were at with the show and um you know, I didn't trust it at first, I didn't know what it was, and then I I started to see how amazing it could be, so I decided I wanted to possibly use it as my main one, and I ended up doing it, you know, the other app just didn't work out for me, I think they shut it down, there's too many people on the server, and it was just crazy, because I think they didn't have the time, or didn't want to put the effort into it, it was the server, their server was overloaded, or some crazy shit like that, and their ability to save and publish it to, to where it needed to be was, uh, was messed with and it wasn't able to we weren't able to continue with it. so that didn't follow through i found this amazing app this is one of the best apps of all time that's why i said like it was a it was a long time a long time coming it's glad to be back and I'm, i'm focused on having the best shows i even did the notes i prepared the notes properly and you know, I took my time to look through everything to make sure all the stuff I was going to talk about was stuff I really wanted to talk about. And that brought me to today's episode. I've been waiting to get to episode 140, probably for a month now since it's been so fucked up. So it's such an honor to such fucking, it feels so fucking good to be back doing the things I love to do. I was telling my girlfriend that, uh, my, my, my woman, I was telling her that, This is not just a podcast for me. It's something I love to do. It's it's something I'm passionate about. I mean, I've been in the world of mixed martial arts. I've loved the sport for over seven years now. And it's just constantly getting better and bigger. And my passion's never been stronger. And I know that due to... What it is that I like to do, you know, the things I'm passionate about. This is something I've wanted to do for a long time. And I'm just finding myself and and realizing all these things as life continues to go on. Because I feel that's definitely important. Human growth is important. Learning about yourself is important. Learning about what it is that you like in life and... What it is that you're passionate about that you don't waste any time on chasing those things you don't waste any time for going after those dreams or or not you know you don't waste time Thinking about these things, you, it, it, I feel that it's necessary to jump right into it, learn about it, do your research, and become passionate, and you know, once you're passionate about it, never lose passion, just always find something to turn it around, always find something to constantly keep that fire lit, and that's what I did, not just with the podcast, just with, with some life and some things going on, on the outside as well, we'll talk, we can talk about those like on a different day or so, but just some exciting news and some things that we're hopeful for in the future. Um. But now, let's get right back to uh, the UFC's welterweight division landscape. Recently announced fights. Uh, this is probably basically going to happen. Darren Till versus Stevie Wonderboy Thompson. That is a classic striker versus striker matchup. A lot of hype on Liverpool's Darren Till. I know I can see it. I can see the championship mentality. I can see the championship you know, skills. I mean, what Darren Till did to Donald Cerrone was absolutely phenomenal. You know, he he put the lights out on Donald Cerrone. He absolutely fucked Cerrone up in that fight and he, he proved to everybody what kind of level he was on after he beat he beat Donald Cerrone. He's 16 and 0 and 1 with no contest, I think. Or 16-0 and, and 1 for like a draw or something like that. But what he did to Donald Cerrone is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, you look at Stephen Thompson, the man he's going to be facing across from him. Steven Thompson is one of the best strikers of all time, and one of the more creative strikers, one of the more difficult strikers. And you got to think his only two losses are to Matt Brown and way champion Tyron Woodley. I think, yeah, you know, because the first their first fight was a draw. Majority draw. in The second fight was a majority decision win for Tyron Woodley. A lot of people thought Tyron Woodley won that first fight, by the way, too. So I don't know. Maybe he's two and zero against two zero and two against Tyron Woodley. But he steven Thompson's faced some of the best best fighters in the world from Johnny Hendricks. To Jake Allenberger. I mean, he's beat the brakes off of Robert, Robert Whitaker, And you look at what Robert Whitaker is now UFC middleweight champion. And uh, Stephen Thompson, you know, he's fought the best of the best guys. You know, he's fought Jorge Masvidal. Uh, and he's fought and beaten everybody that the UFC's put in front of him. You know, he, he's looked great. He's one of the best in the world. And this is one of the more exciting fights that a lot of people have been calling for. For the return fight for Darren Till to return return to, you know, obviously Darren Till versus Kamaru Usman was talked about, Darren Till versus, uh, uh, son i don't know darren till who else darren till was fighting but the ufc for the longest time didn't really have a set fight for darren till he did was announced that darren till was added to the main event for ufc's first trip to liverpool but he didn't necessarily have an opponent which was quite annoying for me for the longest time because i was just like darren till so fucking talented this is the best organization in the world the ufc the UFC's is the best organization in the world so i don't see how they couldn't get a fight announced for darren Till, so I mean, there's a lot of guys. It's just the fights that make sense. It makes sense on who is available and all, all of the nine yards. So Darren Till versus Stephen Thompson is a great fight, and um, you know that's one of the that's that, that you know I've seen stages of Stephen Thompson I've seen shades of Stephen Thompson and Darren Till's performance against Donald Cerrone I hadn't seen necessarily I'm going to be completely honest I hadn't seen any other fights of Darren Till I had heard about him I heard that he's fighting Donald Cerrone I was like who's this guy that's Donald Cerrone's fighting that I think Donald Cerrone is actually absolutely going to run through because you look at this you know you look at that the fantastic performances Donald Cerrone's had when he's been on he you knows his, his performances at lightweight you know a lot of his fights at welterweight he's looked absolutely Uh, He's looked good. He's looked great. And you know, he's a he's a gamer. So it's Obviously being the man he is I didn't think that he was gonna I didn't know who Darren Till was at the time. I thought Donald funny was gonna run through him But it it, it turned out not to be the case But that's an excellent fight. I cannot wait for that one if it happens at UFC Liverpool a lot of other interesting fights can be added to UFC Liverpool as well as the return of former UFC midway champion Michael the count pink Also recently announced Camaro Usman versus Santiago Ponzanibio for UFC's first trip to UFC Santiago. It's funny because uh, the headliner's na- first name is Santiago, and the UFC is making a trip to UFC Santiago. Chile Santiago. I think that's what it's called. but Camaro Usman, I've been waiting also. To see, because I feel that he is one of those guys that are on the rise. You know, he is one of those guys that I feel can be making a title run How he strained string together a couple of wins? You know, he kind of has that same case, uh, Damian Maya had. You know, he's doing this one thing, he's winning. Obviously, not not Damian Maya, excuse me, but you know, he 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 has that John Fitch him. If you've seen John Fitch fight, you know he's dominant and he 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 defeats it. Everyone he fights, you know, it's not necessarily the most exciting, and he, but he he wins. That's the thing. He's had some of the most wins in UFC history, but not Kamara Usman. I was talking about John Fitch, but he kind of just necessarily isn't the most exciting, and isn't one of the more biggest one of the biggest draws. Because a lot of fight fans don't know him. And they just don't think he's necessarily one of the more more exciting guys. You know, he's talked a lot. And people think that, you know, he doesn't have interest in entertaining fights. I mean, his fight with Sergio Moraes, Good God. If Kamaru Usman did that to everybody, he he could uh, do that to him. He could knock out anyone in the world. I mean, he has huge power in his hands. He doesn't use it. But he has fantastic wrestling and excellent control. And if he puts it all together, I was talking about Kamaru the other day. And, um, you know, just because he doesn't use it doesn't mean it's not there. And he has fantastic wrestling, you know, his control. And he he, he he has some great cardio, great conditioning as well. He's in shape. And he has the potential to make all all of the, uh, make a potential title one. He's, t- he's fighting against a very dangerous guy, Santiago Pantinibio, um which is he's also a fantastic striker with knockout power. He's knocked out Gunnar Nelson, delivering Gunnar Nelson his first ever loss by knockout. He's a great striker. He's a, he's a very aggressive striker. He's a very well-rounded striker. You know, he fought Mike Perry. Uh, you know, he's lost to some quality guys. I mean, if you look at Lorenz Larkin, Lorenz Larkin was making one of the more biggest potential. Uh, his potential stars at one hundred and seventy pounds he used to fight at one hundred eighty five drop to one hundred and seventy pounds, and look like a future world champion. You look where you heated Santiago. and you look at the descension of Lorenz Larkin now over in Bellator. This shows how good some of the UFC guys are comparing to some of the other people and you got you got to respect a lot of the Guys that have fought in UFC and some of the guys who have fought some of these previous opponents of these guys. Look at Santiago Ponzinibbio now headlining in UFC Chile. That's where he's from. Now the UFC's put faith in him enough to the point to where he can have a main event against another guy who has been waiting to get his shine out there as well to fight fans and showing and proving that he can rise to the occasion and headline a fight just as Camaro has and stated Yes, hit stated, excuse me. But overall that should be a great fight. I can't wait to see that one. I'm curious to see how these two match up. And I can't wait for it, motherfuckers. Alright, one more fight on the books for this welterweight division. It's very stacked. Kinda kinda just going through the list of the welterweight divisions. Upcoming fights. We also got Condit versus Magni on uh, not Condit versus Magny. Condit versus Matt Brown, which is more the most anticipated fights that I have been waiting for. That's not on this card, by the way. This it's not recently announced. It's been announced for a while, but that's one of the fights that are on UFC 223. Um, I think it's UFC 223. They're announced, but that's fight I've been waiting for. Absolute savage mode fight. Matt Brown versus Carlos Conde is one of the most violent motherfucking fights you could possibly ever fucking think of to ever fucking watch. But that's a great fight that's been announced. But staying in the welterweight division, number three ranked Dos... No, number three ranked Colby Covington takes on number four ranked um, Dos Años because number one ranked is Steven Thompson. Number two. I think number two is. No, Rafael Dos is number two, I think. I don't know. I I think he's number two versus number three. Yeah, number two versus number three. I don't think Dos is number four. I don't know. Who cares? But Rafael Dos is taking on Colby Covington for the interim UFC welterweight title. Now, here we go with this interim title talk. There's two sides of it. I think if the champions hurt... And isn't able to return by a certain period of time. I think it's over a year. So if they can't return in more than a year, then they strip them or they, they provide an interim tag. And after that, because, you know, the thing is, they, they made an interim title when Connor wasn't even injured. He just went over there and boxed Floyd Mayweather. And <coughs> I'm not mad at the fact that Tony Ferguson has a belt now. And he didn't beat anybody for the undisputed tag of champion. It was due to Connor's inactivity of not defending his belt. I'm not a fan of that. But, you know, for guys that truly deserve it, and that's one of the rare cases, you know, I feel that Tony Ferguson definitely did deserve this title fight and this title, these title opportunities that he's been given. Um, another example when Anthony Pettis fought Max Holloway for the interim title. I think the who was the interim? Yeah, it was for the interim championship because Jose Aldo. I think it was Jose Aldo fought Frank Yeager for the title for the uh, interim title, I think, or some shit like that. And he was promoted to the undisputed title champion. You know, he was promoted to the undisputed championship holder, title holder, without even fighting for the belt. He fought for the interim belt, and he was promoted to the belt. Of the, the number one belt holder so it's kind of weird but for the welterweight division Tyron Woodley barely just fought against Damian Maya, I mean kind of a little bit ago but not too long ago and you know he defended his belt that's the most important thing he's fought Stephen Thompson three times two times and he's fought Damian Maya. so that's three title defenses basically he he's still kept the title so he still has the title. So that means that he's been defending it in my head. So he's definitely fought and you know he out, has been out for a while. And he had, had said that he should be ready by July. But if not, the UFC wants to keep the division rolling by having Dos Anos take on Covington. Now for Colby Covington, what have we seen so far? All we've seen, we've seen him talk his way up to a lot of these fights. But he's also, in reality, beating the guys the UFC put in front of him. He beat Dong Dong Kim. Um, this is one of the rare cases, too. I'm talking about Kamara Rusman as well. This is kind of like the same case with Colby Covington. But Colby Covington's got a different kind of mentality when it comes to what the UFC welterweight division is going to be like. You know, he he, he kind of embraces the role as the bad guy, as the... 170 pound chael sonnen, you know he's had this beef with tyron woodley he's had his stuff with Fabricio for Doom. good god for colby covington just an absolute ruthless savage and he's been chomping at the bit to fight Rafael dos Anos for the longest time as well even before dos Anos was gonna um Before uh, what was it? He, he he was opting to fight Hoffeld Dos Anos before Hoffeld Dos Anjos was really on fire at 170 pounds. I think it was once Dos Anjos made his announce to his announcement to drop to 100 or move up to 170 pounds, and you know after he lost his title to Eddie Alvarez, you know he and after he lost to Tony Ferguson, which was his last fight at lightweight, but it was um it was uh, something that he. He was going to do for a while, but Colby Covington was you know having this ongoing beef with him Dos Anos didn't want to fight him because he claimed that Colby Kobe, Kobe didn't fight anybody that was ranked or anybody that was good But he did beat Damian Maya, former UFC title challenger in multiple weight divisions He beat Dong Young Kim who if you've seen Dong Young Kim fight is one of the most unorthodox one of the most tricky guys and he's one of the more uh, He's one of the, the most Tricky guys and one of the most unorthodox guys with all these crazy spinning techniques, all these spinning back elbows. If you look at his back elbow knocked out of uh, John Hathaway, which was one of the one of the most, most craziest things. I mean, you look out how, how badly he hurt him in that fight. He hurt John Hathaway. He He knocked him out cold with that. You know, he's knocked out Eric Silva, one punch knockout. Dong Young Kim has it all. He has an amazing judo background, you know, which is grappling-based, and Colby Covington was able to neutralize that. You know, he has one-punch knockouts of Eric Silva, and he's looked absolutely amazing. You know, obviously he's fallen short to guys like Carlos Condon and, and Tyron Woodley, but, and, you know, great guys like Colby Covington. You know, it takes a good man, a strong, mentally strong guy like Colby. Colby, and what he presents is a lot of, you know he has he has dominant wrestling control. You know, he, he's a great wrestler. That's what we've seen so far is this wrestling you Now he has pressure. He did fight Damian Maya on the feet. He stopped all of Damian Maia's takedowns and he and he beat him on the feet You know he landed a lot of a lot of a lot of late kicks, you know, he busted Damian Maya up in Brazil and You know he looked absolutely phenomenal, you know, he did what he needed to do against uh against Damian Maia and he's done what he needed to do against Dong Young Kim so now the UFC is giving him an option because Darren Till's fighting Stephen Thompson, Kamaru Usman's fighting Santiago Ponzinibbio, Rafael dos needs a date. He's potential number one contender for the UFC welterweight uh, division, but Tyron Woodley's injured. So what are they going to do? Fight Rafael dos versus Colby Covington, which is what the, the what's the direction I think they should do because Rafael dos I feel is one of the most is one of the best fighters in the world. Honestly, He's, he 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 went from not being that good in stand I think he started off as a jujitsu guy as well, but he, you know, turned into one of the most complete strikers that the UFC has been able to. You know, no, not the UFC, but just in his own career. Like he, he's put it together. Obviously, he's went down to King's MMA. He's looked absolutely phenomenal. You know, he started his ascension on towards the lightweight ranks. You know, beat everyone he needed to beat. You know, gained the lightweight title, defended the lightweight title, and you know, was unfortunately lost to Eddie Alvarez. But you know, went up to one seventy, beat Tarek Safadine, beat Neil Magny, and. uh, who else did he beat? He beat one other person. I forgot who was the last person he fought. I don't remember. Yeah, He beat Neil Magny, and beat Tarek Saffrey. Yeah, He beat one other person, I just can't remember. I might remember a little bit later on, but he looks absolutely phenomenal at 170 pounds. And now he's looking to get into... Oh, it Robbie Lawler. It was Robbie Lawler. He beat Robbie Lawler in a main event fight was one of the most, per- uh, Robbie Lawler, former UFC welterweight champion, also had his, his, his huge ascension when he came back to the UFC at 180, 170 pounds, also made a title run, too. So, his fantastic performance against Robbie Lawler was one of the, one, it was one of the best fights and performances of his entire career, you know, his combinations. Good God, I think he landed like a 31 punch combo or some shit like that. He only got, um. Uh, 11 minutes left on this episode of the Jimmy Kermit Show. Timer's running out, unfortunately. But um, he looked absolutely phenomenal, and I think it's a great fight for him. At 170 pounds for the title, And always wanted to see how Dos Anos fares against Tyron Woodley. And, you know, obviously I want to see how Colby can do, if he can be that guy to dethrone Tyron Woodley, if he can be that guy to stop Rafael dos if there's a way he can, I want to see how he can. He hasn't talked for any reason, and I I want to see if he can back up every single claim that he has making, because I'm a fan of underdogs, and I can't wait to see, I want to see what Colby can bring to the table when he fights a a, a top-of-the-line guy in the form of Hafael dos Timmy Ritz to go on today's episode, ladies and gentlemen. So, we go on over to the light heavyweight division. Obviously got Jan Vahovich now in the mix with two wins in a row. His last fight against Jimmy Manoa by unanimous decision defeated Manoa in his backyard. One of the more entertaining fights. First round, he hurts Manoa. Manoa hurts him. It's, it's such an amazing um, uh, back and forth kind of fight. It, it was one of the mo- most. Uh, it was one of the better fights at, and, at 205 pounds in the light heavyweight division. Obviously, the UFC's light heavyweight division for the longest time necessarily wasn't the mo- most hot division because John Jones just defeated every single person that the UFC had put out there for him to fight. He beat all the best people in his prime and, you know, he just, he beat everybody. He beat everybody. There wasn't really anybody that. That UFC, that anybody in the, in the MMA world felt could be him, because he was just that damn good. That's the thing. So John was John, obviously, has his troubles and stuff. And then now comes the DC era. The DC era has you know has a couple of challenges. You know he his big test. You know could he be we one to fight Gustafson? Could he contest with Gustafson? He fought Gustafson. He's, he's being Alexander... He's being... Uh, he's being Anderson Silva. Who, wait, who are we talking about? Gustafson. No, Gustafson. He, yeah, Andrew, Daniel Cormier. He's being uh, Anderson Silva. He's being Alexander Gustafson. And, you know, he is the best, one of the best, and if not the best fighter at 100, 205 pounds. I keep saying 100 because I'm thinking because everything we're talking about was one of the lower weight classes. So we got Jan, we got Alir Latifi, who's excellent performance over Ovin St. Prue, put him right in the mix for the title. But John, John fought, John was a champion, Daniel Cormier era, he's fought everybody. So now with Cormier, in the, it, it's Cormier's era now, it makes it to where... These contenders that you felt necessarily wouldn't have a shot at John on what any level whatsoever have a better opportunity. <laughs> now we have a little Teefy in the mix. Jan Vahovic. Um, Glover Teixeira. we got Shogun still in the mix, riding a 3-5 winning streak, and he is taking on Volkan Ozdemir. Volkan Ozdemir is coming off of a loss, so we'll see how he can handle former UFC light heavyweight champion Shogun Hua. Daniel Cormier with Retirement Talk. Do we want to see Cormier retire? What are my thoughts on him? I think that Cormier is one of the best fighters of all time and one of the most deserving fighters of all time and, you know, potential best of all time at light heavyweight. You know, he's he's in the runnings for one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in that division because his only losses are to John Jones, and he's beaten every other person. Now he's going to be fighting Stipe for the heavyweight title. He's you think he's 13 and 0 in heavyweight, too. So this will be another amazing fight that will come down the line as as time goes by. I think it's Yossi 2-24. I think it's Stipe versus uh, Cormier. So Cormier is going to be fighting there. I think he said this is the last year. He's going to be 2019 is the last year he's going to have. Or I don't think 2018 is his last year. But 2019 will be his last year of him fighting. And then he will retire unless prompted by a third fight with John Jones, if that is to come to fruition. So Jan Vahovic and Alir Latifi both have an opportunity to fight higher-ranked opponents or fight each other to really determine who that next guy is. I mean, you still got guys like Glover Teixeira in the mix. I did think he was going to fight Volkan Ozdemir, but it didn't happen. But now, going on over to Shogun versus Volkan. Shogun, Volkan, sounds really cool. Um... Mariso Shogun, who was still one of the best fighters in that division, one of the more, more named persons, it's crazy, well named persons, excuse me, like well known, but he has fought a lot in UFC, he has been in a lot of the fights in his life, he's fought a lot in pride, I mean he's former UFC light heavyweight champion, he's done it all, you know he's the first guy, he was the guy, he was a man before John Jones beat him, John, he was a man, then John Jones was a man, and then Dana Cormier was a man. So he was the number one, John was the number two, and Cormier was number three. Shogun definitely was one of the best, and still is the best. And he's taken on a very dangerous guy in the form of Volkan Ozdemir. Now, Shogun has fallen successful to people with knockout power like that. I mean, look at Dan Henderson, the, fight with, the second fight with Henderson, and the fight with Ovin St. Prue. Ovin St. Prue was able to unleash a, a nasty, I think, left or right hook. By and he was able to stop Shogun. Obviously, Shogun did slip, and did uh did get caught with such a nasty hard punch by Saint Prue. But you know he has a tendency to get caught. You know he has a chin. His chin is a little bit more suspect now or later on in his career. But you know he has gone prone to uh, been prone to being hit real hard by guys who can crack. And he's fighting a guy that can crack volkan ozdemir can crack so it's a dangerous fight and i can't wait to see that one it's a co-main event of ufc chile all right ladies and gentlemen the final thing of today's episode the return of cm punk i've never been so pressured to almost hurry up with the show in my life until today but in reality honestly I don't know what's going to happen with the second fight with CM Punk. He is rumored to fight Mike Jackson at UFC Two Twenty Five as his return fight. His first fight was against Mickey Gall. He absolutely got annihilated. He got annihilated, ladies and gentlemen. He got absolutely annihilated. And you know, what it is he hasn't been training for a while. He's only been training for like two years. I think it was only like three years ago where he was announced that he was going to be fighting for MMA. And he's never had any MMA experience. He's never had an amateur career. He had never trained in his entire life. He was a former WWE wrestler turned mixed martial artist. And I don't, I don't even, I'm not even sure how he was sanctioned to fight in Nevada without without having some experience. You no, know, he's trained at Duke Rufus' gym. Former champs like Anthony Pettis say that he has improved since his first fight, but is it enough to fight? in the best organization in the world in the UFC. Is that enough to, we have three minutes left, is that enough to uh, get your first win against another guy in form, Mike Jackson, who has had boxing experience and is a professional boxer, and had his first fight in MMA was obviously a sucky fight because he did lose to Mickey Gall. Mickey Gall went to defeat Mike Jackson, Sage Northcut, and... Uh, Um. Yeah, he's beaten beat CM Punk. He beat Mike Jackson. He beat Sage Northcutt. But Mickey Gall was kind of like that, that prospect killer kind of. So he was kind of a prospect too. But he beat another prospect. So that shows how good, how good of a fucking grappler and fighter Mickey Gall was for CM Punk to get smashed by him. He survived a couple of his chokes. He did jiu-jitsu for the longest time before he was even officially announced himself as. Uh, remember mixed martial arts, but um, that is all the time we have today, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you guys for joining us. And good God, it's good to be back for this brand new episode. And we're able to do it after two long weeks without it. I didn't go without thinking about it for the longest time, but like I said, with this app being back in store, we have more room and more options and more availability to do. Our other episode of segments, which will be episode 12. Don't miss that. You guys know where to find me at G Meeker MMA on Twitter and Instagram at G Meeker MMA. You can follow me there. You can give me a follow and we can talk about sports or we can be best friends or whatever it is the fuck you want. Thank you guys for the support. Great things are coming later on this year. I can't wait to talk about those with everybody. Um, Facebook.com slash gabybaby123, ladies and gentlemen, facebook.com slash GabrielTheKingHernandez. Subscribe to the Jimmy Herman May Show on Anchor, either on Anchor or iTunes, in the iTunes podcast app, on the iTunes podcast app, iTunes podcast store, Google Play Music, and all the other major podcast providers. Thanks so much to Anchor Radio, and thanks so much to the fans. Thanks so much to all my support. Girlfriend, everybody in the world, I love you guys, and we will be back next week. Jimmy Graham MMA May, out, baby.